Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into episode number 106 of the Get Around. My name is Jake Adnip in the Traverse City Record Eagle Get Around Podcast Studios with TV7 and 4's Harrison Beebe. How are you, Jake? I am very, very good. And my esteemed colleague, per usual, the long trip Lions fan, James Cook. Yeah, that was not a good trip. Yeah. The, the trip was good. The game was not. Did you go down with Jerry to the game? No, I, no. Oh, but you got to see Jerry get inducted while you were at the game. Yeah. Man, you could have wrote like a column or something for this week. Why not? Head coach Jerry Andrews of the Golden Lake Lakers. We should I just wrote about how he was wearing shorts. Yeah, well, he was still wearing shorts. Of He's course he was. He's the only one wearing shorts. He was probably the only person in all of Detroit <laughs> wearing shorts at that point. But, I mean, you went down, saw Jameis Winston throw for, like, 500, 458 yards. He ate a W. Yeah. I I do have it on my fantasy team, so I was okay with it. He ate a W, unfortunately. I went against him, but I still destroyed uh, that in fantasy. Got put in the big – yeah, I literally – eat that dub. That's what he did yesterday. I threw an interception, what, on the first drive, and then threw four four touchdowns the rest of the way. I don't know. I didn't watch. (laughs) I I did, sadly (laughs) enough. That had to suck for you. I sort of didn't. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Don't you do the funniest? The funniest story though from the whole thing was it, when they do the the coach of the year thing at halftime. They take us down like in the middle of the second quarter, and you sit in the tunnel where the players come out. So then they do the ceremony in the on the field, and then we go up the same tunnel. So we're going up the tunnel, and then the teams are coming out. So we had to stop and wait, and uh, the Buccaneers come out, and then the Lions players come out, and all of us are looking at each other. We're like, "Do you smell pot? Because I smell pot." When the Lions players came out of the came out of the, came, the Lions, oh okay, the, well. the the Buccaneers were already gone. And when the Lions players came by, something reeked of pot in the tunnel. Just when them. the Lions players came by, it was probably them. After seeing Kenny Galladay just like throw his hands up and not try to catch a football, I wouldn't be surprised if they were all stoned before that game or at halftime, whatever it was. Steamed out the showers. Major League Baseball just made it uh, okay. To test for it's legal in Michigan, as far as or, or not, well, not not test for you know it. what I mean. You know, yeah, they, they're not going to test for it. They're not going to test for it. Yeah, yeah, they took away the the punishment if you it, do yeah. uh, get it. I'm sure the NFL won't be far behind on that. But. Now I'm sure these sports don't want you to be using the substance during the game. No, <laughs> not by any means. I would uh, I would assume, but I mean, with how there's a small bathroom right to the left of the tunnel that I used for the finals a few weeks ago. Maybe they all popped in there, you know, that little three by five room and. Well, there's that little Went place that there's that little bar that's in the tunnel that people can buy tickets to, where it's just, you don't have a view of the game at all. It's the underneath the stands. Yeah. yeah, it's underneath the stands. But basically, you just get to watch the game and bar with TVs, and then you get to high five the players as they come in and out of the tunnel. And you got to pay three hundred bucks to do. I have do no it. idea what it costs, but for beer, maybe it came from there, but it didn't come from there when the Bucks were walking by. <laughs> that's because they're saving theirs for later. No, other big news this week is uh, Star Wars. That is pretty big. Yeah, we got to bring it up. We're all Star Wars nerds, so just before we get into everything else today. James is going Thursday. I'm going Saturday. Yep. Jake, to be determined. But it doesn't matter when you go, it's why you go. Well, it's really going to matter when I go because you guys are going to want to talk about it, like, immediately. Yeah, but we're all going on break. We're not going to see each other for a few weeks. A few weeks? I won't see you for, like, two or three days, probably. It's not like you're not going to text me or talk to me. No, I'll, uh-huh. just, I'll, I'll treat you with kid gloves. <laughs> Maybe I won't. Or talk to you <laughs> until you see it, jerk. What are you guys most excited about? I was, <laughs> I was about to make a joke. I'm most excited for the entire thing to be over. <laughs> <laughs> More Mandalorian episodes. Uh, I don't know. I, I've stated my feelings with you guys both uh, uh, repeatedly the past few weeks in rewatching the movies. I did not love Force Awakens. I really love Last Jedi, so I really hope... Episode 9 is more like Episode 8 than Episode 7 in its story structure and moments and feels and not repetitiveness. Having said that, the director from Episode 7 is the director from Episode 9, so I might be setting myself up for failure, but either way, you know, Return of the Jedi is my all-time favorite, and that's wrapping up that whole story. And regardless of my feelings on Force Awakens, I still think this is a very good story that they're telling, and I'm excited to see how they wrap it up. I've loved the trailers I've seen. I'm curious to see how the Emperor is reintroduced into the series, hopefully as a Force ghost and not as a real presence that didn't die in Return of the Jedi. But well, I'm, I'm sure it's a Force ghost. It has to either, be. Yeah, either way. With how much they've, that how much they've oversaturated Force ghosts. And that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't offend anybody. That's totally fine because Luke is going to do the same thing. Yoda did the same thing in the last episode. So, uh you know, I'm optimistic and I'm excited, and that's what you want for a Star Wars movie. I, I just, I just think it's really cool that like 
they're at this whole like storyline even though we know there's so much the storyline's actually like coming full circle it's gonna be like a closed end book where like when we start going through oh. everything you, you hope but at least that's that's what I of the Skywalkers. I'm yeah, fairly I'm, certain for me. Not. For me, the the yeah. original Star Wars is the Skywalker story, and now we're still through this. This is supposed to be the end of like Skywalker in Star Wars. So that'll be that whole roundabout, and then we're gonna be able to learn all these jets off and all these other spinoffs that have been will all be inside of this big grander circle that's, instead of kind of that's it. That's why I think they're gonna Disney's gonna make money going forward on Star Wars, but this is the last time they're gonna make a lot of money. Without the central themes of the original story, how can you not profit? Like, and that's kind of with Marvel. How are they going to do now without the the current Avenger crop that they had? What, what are they going to look like? How much money are those movies? They, I feel make? like they have a much better opportunity. They can come up with stuff much differently than what Star Wars has been. Um, there's so many different characters and everything in Star Wars, which I love. That's one of my favorite parts about it. Is just all the different. You just see like a character one off. In one movie, like you could imagine, they could do an entire spinoff on like a certain species or whatever in Star Wars or this or that. But like when it comes to Avengers, you could just make a couple new a new Justice League or something. You understand? You could, but how well is that story going to be told? Avengers Endgame was basically hyped up as the finale, even though everybody knew it wasn't. Same with this movie, even though everybody knows it isn't. I'm interested to see what they do with with Princess Leia and that character being the, the the limitations that they have that she passed away and they only have so much that was already recorded mm-hmm. and stuff. So to, you know that would be one of the challenging things I think that they're going to have in this movie. I think it'd be, I think it's interesting that they're kind of bringing in potentially some more of the stuff from the books, the pictures that they've had of the huge fleet of Imperial Star Destroyers. Yeah, those look sweet. There was a whole book where they where Luke was just trying to find this whole old fleet of Star Destroyers in order to repopulate the Rebel fleet, kind of. Okay. The, 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 you know, they were just a mothballed fleet floating around a planet somewhere, you know, some desolate planet somewhere. And, and I'm, I'm wondering if that's what the pictures of all these Star Destroyers are, and there's mm. something like that. Some Easter eggs. Because in the, well, in the, in the pictures that they've released, the Star Destroyers don't have their lights on. Ooh. Forgot to pay the electric bill. <laughs> so... But Speculation, I love it. We're all excited to see uh, the rise of Skywalker at some point this week. Uh, we do have a pretty big show for you guys today. Uh, a little bit different than what we've been going to lately. This is our last show of 2019, uh, episode 106. We've made it pretty far this year. Um, we're going to go ahead and reflect on some of the best moments from 2019 uh, in this podcast. We're going to run through and have each one of us you know, describe or reflect on some of the moments that we've shared or with sports in northern Michigan. Uh, also, we're going to have a bit of a conversation today on what it takes to be a good teammate. Normally, we, you know, we just see it happen and we have coaches preach this stuff or you, you hear people on TV, but... There's a lot more that goes into being a good teammate year-round and, you know, all the time that we want to talk about. So we'll get into that here just shortly. Obviously, we'll get into another rendition of the Get Around Hall of Fame where we put another athlete into the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. And we're going to dive into the trifecta, which, of course, has to do with the holiday spirit. We're going to talk about our most underrated and overrated Christmas movies. Also on our show today is an interview with Forest Area Seniors Chase Ingersoll and Johnny Stozio joining us as they start their basketball season strong. We're going to talk to them a little bit about uh, the football situation over the Forest area and how their season got canceled. We'll talk about basketball this year and what it means to them to be on the court to be able to represent the Warriors. Uh, so make sure you stick around for that. But, yeah, gentlemen, let's get into our conversation of the day uh, here to start the show off. I posed a question just a moment ago, but what does it take to be a good teammate? You know, we have a lot of kids in the area. Obviously, they, they want to make it far. These kids play all four years of sports, but sometimes, you know, some kids just don't get it. What do you think it takes to be a good teammate, uh, James? Like, I don't know if you want to go a few things or, or what actually sticks out in your mind. I mean, there's the obvious answers of just, you know, being there and being a good person. I, I think it depends on the sport as well. I think it can be different things in different sports. And most off, I think it's just being dependable, reliable, there for your, your team, your other teammates, uh, maybe putting the team a little bit of before your own needs when it, when it comes to stuff. 
lead by example is obviously a cliche that's thrown on all the time, but uh, why wouldn't you want ev- everyone to feel that way? Not just your leader, not just your mm-hmm. captains, but you know, the other old saying too, just because you're a captain doesn't mean you're not a leader. Uh, when I started cross country at TC Central, I was varsity my freshman year and had a lot of success. Some of my friends at the time on the team told me I was a little cocky. I'm not going to deny that. Maybe that was true. I was also a freshman, so I was you know, not knowing the ways of varsity athletics and really to lead the team up. By my senior year, I'll never forget when my buddy told me he was asking me, uh, where do you think you'll finish in the race today on the team? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I, ideally, I hope I finish seventh because I know I'm going to run really well. So then that means everybody else will run better than me and will have a really good team score. And he goes, I think that's like, in a nutshell, you want the best for yourself. And then you hope your teammates match or exceed that expectation. And that can translate to games, practices, you know, community, whatever you're doing as a team, following that standard and just wanting excellence for all of you and to get better and achieve greatness. And greatness doesn't have to be defined by a championship or a district or a conference title. Greatness can be defined by something that you, you're going from one place to another. You can go from winless seasons to 500 that that's pretty great compared to the year before so i think you just kind of latch on to the goals that you want to strive for as teammates and uh and you involved in that nucleus as one of those teammates uh do your best to get that team in that direction and it's simple to say hard to execute but i think it's something that every everybody can kind of grasp towards i mean we're teammates the three of us right now we're teammates on this podcast we were just talking before the show how we want to make the show better get some more listens get it out there and we're ping-ponging off each other we want to help each other we want to make each other laugh it's the little things that then add up and and hopefully put you where you want to be yeah, and I think, you know, you kind of touched on it, but didn't quite say the exact words I was thinking. But, like, accountability and shared responsibility. Um, even from leaders and, you know, upperclassmen, underclassmen, I feel like when, when leaders step up, like you said, sometimes they can come across as arrogant. And that means, you know, that doesn't mean you're, you're being a bad teammate if you're motivating or, you know, if you're really trying to push your team or, you know, if, if you may be, you know, one of the better athletes being able to kind of drag everybody else along with you. But I think it's a part of shared responsibility as a team. I, you know, I think a lot about football. You did mention it goes different between sports, but um, I've heard a lot of times from coaches, you know, on football, all 11 people have to do their job exactly right for, for a thing to go correctly. If you think about blocking screen schemes with an offensive line, you need to have five people make the exact right moves in order to have that hole hit where the running back's supposed to be hitting it. But, I mean, that's just a real dumbed-down version. But shared accountability, even as far as pushing each other, motivating each other, it shouldn't just be one person uh, doing it. If you have to be that person, I think it's a good thing to talk to the rest of your teammates and say, hey, we need to you know bring up the morale as a whole. It can't just be me or it can't just be a couple of us we have to share this responsibility to kind of bring the team along mm-hmm. no matter who it is um, leading by example is going to be able to to help that but it can only do so much because after a while especially if there is that one athlete who may be above and beyond the rest or who may you know work that much harder it can create a separation when there's no one else doing it if it's just the one person then everybody goes oh well you know, they're doing their thing or whatever. No, it needs to be an, a shared responsibility. Coming with practice, workouts, everything like that. If you, like you said, you kind of said about just being there, but when I say being accountable, if I'm going to show up at 8 a.m. on a Saturday for a workout, there's nothing better than having somebody there with me fe- mm-hmm. feeling just as crazy or, you know what I'm saying, oh, man, like, why are we here? Well, at least we're doing it together. It makes it that much better. That type of accountability, I feel like, is what can endear you to your teammates, Mm -hmm. can make people respect you, and will make people, um, you know, want to work with you on the court and off of the court. The best ability is availability, to an extent, in that, that (laughs) you know, just being there. You don't have to be the best kid on the team. You know, you could be the the 12th guy on the the basketball team, and, you know, you're you're there on the sidelines cheering everybody on. You're, you know, encouraging everybody, supporting them, helping however you can, playing hard in practice to try to do whatever, scout team, try to simulate what the other team does, all, that, all those kind of things in, in practice. There's a million different ways that you can be a, a good teammate. And, mis- and to touch on what you were saying, Jake, mistakes are going to happen. I feel like more in sports than anything else, there's the avenue for mistakes to be made, especially when you're playing a tougher opponent that's going to throw you off your game. The key is how you respond to those, how you help your teammates who you know made the mistakes, how they're helping you when you know you had a miscue, keeping that positive energy. Uh, it, it's little things that just add up. And as long as you have a good grasp on what's going on, what's in front of you, and, and where you want to go, and how to fix stuff, you know, mm-hmm. when, when they do, when the chips are down, that's going to be a strong ability in your favor. No matter what, what the outcome, like what your ultimate goal really was, you're going to get higher up than you were before. Well, and, and knowing your teammates. 
and how they react mm-hmm. to certain situations. I mean, you may have one teammate that if, if they miss a block, you know, during a play that, you know, they go back to the sideline and they sulk. Maybe they need, you know, to be cheered up. There may be other kids that if they miss a block, they're just like, whatever, I don't care, I you know, or something. Yeah, time, and there may be other people that, that go to the sideline and they're so mad at themselves that it's like, I don't really need to do anything because mm-hmm. they already know they messed up. And yeah. They're, they're, they're probably going to fix it. Maybe you, you cheer them up a little bit or try to get them out of that funk or something, but every teammate handle things completely different, and, and knowing how they cope with those kind of things can also be a factor there. Yeah, and I mean, we I can't believe that none of us have actually said this point yet, but I think the only way to be a good teammate is to effectively communicate both on and off the court. It can't just be when you're you know running your 1-3-1 offense on the basketball court that you guys are talking and chatting, you know? It needs to be when you're off the court, you know, you're watching film or you're sitting, getting done with practice and you go, this isn't working or this or, hey, I'm, you know, when I, whenever I'm out on that wing, if the guy takes two steps to me, I know I'm quick, I can cut to the basket, hit me on the way. It's, it's that communication skills that a lot of times doesn't happen, especially between competitors. You know, when it comes to practice or things like that, no, you want to you got to try to make other people better while you're making yourself better. That's another way to kind of look at it. That's that's another part that it, it's all in one. We we've touched on all of the same notions in in all three of our answers for sure. And it's all it's it's a con- connected state of mind that goes into making the core better, not just the one person. Now, one thing I do want to ask just while we're still in the conversation is what do you think the difference in team dynamic is when it comes to small team sports compared to large team sports? When it comes to football compared to, say, basketball? Or is there a different way to handle teammates when you're in a locker room of 50 guys or there's only eight people on the bench with you on a basketball team? Do you, do you see a difference in how to kind of handle those? Is there any advice that you would give? Well, in track and field, we can have a cross-country team that's together, and there's seven of us on varsity in the fall. Come track and field, the varsity scores for boys, there's about, yeah, like 50 of them, like you just said. And we don't, you know, the distance runners will be in a group, but you don't really so much know much about the sprinters or the field events guys or, uh, yeah, those are the other th- two departments, obviously. <laughs> but uh, I thought there was a third one, the fourth one. The coaches. Yeah, well, you know your coaches, obviously, but yeah, it's there's definitely some unfamiliarity there, and at the very least, with that big of numbers, maybe maybe the captains play a role in central communication and uh, making sure you're all you're all on the same page as far as what you're working towards. Obviously, it's way more difficult than if there's a small group that can just get together on a Friday night and watch a movie and kind of build that team chemistry together. Obviously, that's almost almost impossible for like large teams i know a lot of our area football teams try and do stuff like that it really comes together i I think that hence is more in communication making sure everybody's on that same page finding a way to make what seems so difficult of 50 100 minds hone in on the same focus but finding a way to do that or get as close to that as possible speaking of being a good teammate we had a couple of teammates from forest area a couple seniors who have been through the ringer together over there as part of the Warriors program, Chase Ingersoll and Johnny Stozio. They joined us in the Get Around Podcast studio on Monday before they headed off to basketball practice. So let's go ahead and give a listen to that interview now. The Get Around Podcast is extremely excited to welcome into the podcast studio Forest Area Seniors, Johnny Stozio and Chase Ingersoll, two basketball players. Um, been on the team for at least three years. You guys got quite a bit of experience, but thank you for joining us and coming on into Traverse City. Thanks for having us. Of course. Now, we're going to start off with our Freaky Fast Five like we normally do. We're going to go back and forth between you guys just to get to know you a little bit. It's a nod to our sponsor over at Jimmy John's. Uh, to get started off with, you guys kind of got a sneak peek of what we were talking about later in the episode, but what's your favorite Christmas movie? We'll start off with you, Chase. Um, my favorite Christmas movie would have to be probably The Grinch, just because I've watched it since I was little at my mom's work, so that's definitely my favorite. So we're ta- you're talking about the Jim Carrey one, right? Yes. Okay, yes. so like the live action one. What about you, Johnny? For me, for sure, it's probably a Christmas story. Like, the humor is awesome in that. And I just love watching it. it. Makes it like feel like it's actually Christmas. Since like the TNT marathon goes on all day, right. and we just watch it when it's Christmas Day. So 
So it's, it's part of the tradition now. Yeah, so it yeah. kind of gets you in the spirit, yeah. gets you in the mood. I was actually just talking some pretty mad crap about Christmas story <laughs> a few minutes ago. Yeah, I don't know how you don't like a Christmas story. It, I At least just, like it. I think it's just because it's, it's, it's so overdone. Yes, yeah, so there's just 24 hours a day on Christmas. It almost makes me feel like, man, make Christmas get Christmas over with now. There's 24 <laughs> hours of this. Anyways, what's your question, James? Well, since we were t- since we kind of also addressed this, is, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I've never watched it, uh, so I don't know. No? Nope. So I really don't know if it is or isn't. I've I mean, I get that it's during Christmas, but I never considered it a Christmas movie. Yeah? <laughs> We're not going to argue Is Home Alone? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I think that if you think Home Alone is a Christmas movie, then you have to think Die Hard is a movie. But if, I don't. Well, Home Alone, I think. They never actually celebrate be. Christmas in during Home Alone. Well, that's because but everything goes crazy. Because on vacation to Christmas. Yeah, right. they don't celebrate Christmas because they have to fly back to get their child. Right. And at the they're end, actually, they all they're actually celebrating Christmas during. Well, I mean, no, at the end of Home Alone, when everybody gets home, they all celebrate with him and they all have, like, dinner and everything like that. So technically, they, they still celebrate. I don't know if it's actually on Christmas. I think they actually get home on Christmas Day. Yeah, I think they do. Yeah, they get home on Christmas Day to the kid and then, like, oh, it's so happy. Come on. It's a Christmas. That is so much more a Christmas movie than Die Hard. <laughs> All right. Who is the most overrated music- musician that is out today? I really I hate Ariana Grande, I'll be honest. Okay. okay. <laughs> I could see it. I could see it. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't really listen to music too much. You don't listen no. to music? You didn't even I'm listen to music good. to pump yourself up before the game? No, not at all. Like, He's not, not really, like... I mean, he likes music, no, yeah. he just doesn't... I like music, I just don't listen to music. Yeah. So, like, uh, just like if somebody else is playing music I'll for you, you'll to listen it, to it, but, yeah. like, you don't, like, have an iPod with, like, your own music. No, that, I, don't like... know, I don't know too many artists either. So. Really? And yeah. I've never really hated on anything. So what you're yeah. saying is music itself is overrated. I think it is, in my <laughs> opinion. <laughs> Man, that is such a blasphemous <laughs> statement. a hot take? Yes, that is a hot take. That might be the hottest take we've ever had on this podcast. <laughs> Especially if you ask I've me. I've just never enjoyed really music. Oh, so. man, that's yeah. crazy. Uh, this is one of the standard ones that I've started asking uh, quite often. Is uh, who is the best and worst dancer on the team? Uh, oh god, the worst. I'd say Robert for oh, sure. Oh, for sure. Because yeah. he doesn't want to dance or do anything. And that's Robert who Perkins. Perkins. Okay. He's yeah. not a social okay. guy. No, really. not at all. And uh, the best. It's, there's a few that are right. Uh, Probably Phoenix. Phoenix, yeah, Phoenix probably. I'd say Phoenix, yeah. Yeah, I would say definitely Robert for the first. Okay. For the worst, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. And then, yeah, Phoenix probably. Uh-huh. So you guys have been on varsity of basketball for, for years, so you've run into teams, other teams and right. people mm-hmm. with different names and everything. Mm-hmm. As you Have you run into a team or a name on an opposing team better than Sir Xavier Nick? Sir Xavier Sir Navoni. Xavier Navoni, yeah. You need, you need to enunciate on that. Oh, a better name. A better name than that. Oh, gosh. Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, well, well I, I think, like, the Buck, Buckley, Denver Cage. Oh, Those yeah, kids had that's some pretty, pretty cool names, okay. if you're asking me. I, I knew this kid in college. His name was Sir Ralph Rodriguez. Yeah, but crazy names. I don't know. Sir Xavier's got yeah, to be crazy. Yeah, during, like, our junior football year, we'd always, like, get him to say his name, like, super fast, like, five <laughs> times in a row. <laughs> Just as a joke. Has anybody ever tried to, like, knight him in the locker room? No, no. That's a surprise. (laughs) He's already a knight, that's why. Right. He's the one who knights people. (laughs) Now, here's just one. Since we got controversy going on on today's podcast episode, how do you guys feel about pineapple on pizza? I like pineapple. I honestly think it's pretty good. I think it's delicious. Okay. I like it, too. (laughs) Hey, we're all in agreement. It's just personal preference. If you don't like it, fine. Yeah, no, I just... It's, not, it's people, not something to bash somebody on. I'll never bash anybody, but if you think it's gross, like, yeah. you'd say it at least. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right, so that was the Freaky Fast Five. A nod to our sponsors over at Jimmy John's. Uh, this interview is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fresh, Jimmy John's, Freak Yeah. So you guys started 2-1 and one this year, had a couple of big wins last week. You guys are the guard tandem for the Warrior team. Let's start off talking about basketball and just your guys' hopes and, I guess, dreams for this season. Going into your senior year and after building up to this point, what have you guys talked about and how have you guys prepared yourselves to uh, reach those goals? Well, we, at the beginning of the season, we all kind of sat down and had like our team goal meeting with mm-hmm. out coach and just us players on the varsity. And we kind of just talked about how I mean, yeah, we had a pretty rough year last year, so we were hoping to bounce back, which we've already started off way better than last year. So we want to go right in that 15-5 and range, Mm -hmm. which would be pretty awesome, and then try and win a district this year. That's our main goals right there. 
Yeah, we we did a lot of work in the summer For just sure. because we did not, you know, we were not cool with last year's no. results because that was that's just not us. We have too much talent on our team to, you know, end up like that. So we had to get back in the gym in the summer and like make sure we wouldn't have another season like that. Yeah. And I know I know it's probably it's not the way that you wanted to, but you guys did get a little bit of extra time uh, in the gym this fall right. after, you know, football being canceled after only a couple of games. Did, I mean, before we get into that, I just want to ask you, what do you think the extra time did for you guys oh, it, as a basketball team? Basketball-wise, it did a ton, oh, for yeah. sure. We have what, so many three open gyms, four open gyms a week. Oh yeah. Probably. During yeah. that time we were always in the mm -hmm. gym. Everybody was and we got as many in the junior class. Uh, is below us they are love basketball oh. all those kids so okay. they really wanted to get in the gym and mm -hmm. this is their first year on varsity all those kids so and they're stepping up and doing really good this year mm -hmm. so so do you think that has kind of given you guys a little bit of extra motivation oh, for sure. oh yeah and we, be like? most of us guys it's kind of weird we haven't played a sport since yeah i mean football got canceled so yeah. most like we're all are, missing yeah. doing something competitive so and we've that's all we've done at a small school like this we uh -huh. that's all we do is play sports really in academics yeah we're <coughs> all used to playing three sports and it's just weird for us to not play. to have something yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. how, so how how difficult of a year has it been then for you guys? I mean, with football being canceled, obviously you guys kind of want to put last year's basketball mm -hmm. season behind you. You've already got as many wins this year yeah. as you had last <laughs> yeah. season. <laughs> um, so how how tough of a year has it been for, the, for you guys? I mean, this obviously can't be what you expected. I mean, it's been pretty difficult, but it honestly has helped us even more, just motivate us yeah, to sure. wanting, like wanting us to be better because – We've always loved sports, and we've always wanted to be our best, and we've know, we know we can do way better. Than what happened last yeah. year. And the football situation was, I mean, it's a tough situation, but realistically it was not something that should have, like, continued in my, like, I'm not angry about the situation, like, I'm not angry at the athletic director or whatever, or whoever, or whoever had to cancel mm -hmm. the season just because it's it was a very tough situation as it was mm -hmm. with a lot of young freshmen on the team that, really aren't ready for a team like, uh, say, Sutton's Bay, who's yeah. a state finalist team yeah. this year, and I, that's my opinion. No, that's but, tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because you guys started the season off with, like, what, uh, mid-teens, like 16, uh, maybe yeah, 15, like 16? That. and then we had a couple key components decide that they did not want to play anymore. Uh -huh. So, I mean, that happens. And, and, and a couple guys got hurt. And we had a couple injuries. Banged and up and just other things where they were not on the team anymore, and you go down and you're down to like 10 or whatever it was. Yeah, the football team is <laughs> and that's with, a little tough. Yeah, football especially. It's a, you, I mean, basketball you could continue playing easily, yeah. but football you can't <laughs> can't keep going. Now, how have you guys, um, both of, both as just individuals as a team or even as a school, how have you guys kind of kept that morale up knowing that that's not like the end-all, be-all for you guys, knowing that that's not, you know, right. the end for you? Yeah, um, so after football got canceled – we kind of football the football team that was still left had a meeting and we just kind of said that it i mean this can't continue like sports wise at our school like everything's been down lately so we we need more activities and like m more i guess participation from kids and i guess it's at this point it starts at the younger ages though and getting those kids to continue playing so going around to classrooms and stuff like that and talking to kids and trying to keep them involved in sports is something that a lot of us have been doing <laughs> how uh what how, how big of a deal was it at the school with the whole thing with the band i know it, around the state and around the area right. and even even a bit nationally i mean that, that got to be a, a story yeah, that got picked up by a lot of people what was the the reaction around town around the school to it obviously really helped out a lot for and it sure kept, yeah. like you know say the morale like still up a little bit you know for a lot of people due to something yeah. good that was still happening us, with you the know, school some yeah. hope you know it's not the end of everything yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which obviously it's not yeah. it's just a rough numbers year really for mm -hmm. football and hopefully next year it picks up and but for band that's a, a pretty amazing thing mm -hmm. that they had and have still kind of going on so 
it's pretty awesome to have that as your something your school's doing. So. Yeah, and I mean that's I know it's got to be cool for them. They get they got to go down the floor oh, for field sure. And yeah, like that. and that's just a cool story. Especially the just the team you get game. to latch on to. Right. You know who gets to do it with you? Who doesn't have a band? Legit, the whole way that yeah. it works out. Yeah. You know, I think it's just like a really really cool thing. Right. Yeah, it's super awesome. I know you guys are gonna be seniors, but like you said, you you guys have tried to kind of make sure that this stays alive, and you guys have tried to reinvigorate this stuff. You know, there was teams like Sutton's Bay. Three years ago, canceled their football season. They right, were, you yes. know, they were in the state finals this year. Um, what have you guys done to kind of keep everybody else at the school um, on the same positive level that you guys are, and telling them in those type of aspects? So I guess just especially, there's a lot of there's not a ton of boys in our ninth and tenth grade classes, which is it's tough, and they really don't want to play sports right now. So I, right now, I've been just going. I we both, I think. I think he does, but I, we mentor younger yeah, kids and yeah. g- going around to those kids and starting to talk to them about like continuing playing sports and like there's no reason to stop. But the eighth grade class right now, there's a lot of boys in that class, so hopefully yeah. they come up and they continue to play football. And I've talked to them, and at their lunch, I play basketball with them and hang out with them, and they are all on board with basketball right now, okay. so hopefully we can get a couple more of them to play football. Yeah, it's important to be like decent role models to for sure. Yeah, kids that still want to play sports, and you got to emphasize the importance of sports, you know, and what it can do for you. And we've been trying to do that. Yeah, so. like the number of people right now at our school. There's there's so many kids that are not doing like some extracurricular mm-hmm. activity. Which, at a small school like our school, it's really a big yeah, thing for yeah. kids to be doing stuff yeah. like that. Besa- like, There's a lot of kids that do band, yeah. a lot of kids that do that kind of thing, and there's just not a ton of kids playing sports right now. Yeah. So. Is there something that you guys have noticed with like the kids around your age or like your generation? What, what do you think the tide is? What do you think the difference is why there may not be as many kids playing sports? Oh. I mean, there's, there's. I mean, you guys are kind of in it firsthand. There's so. tons of things, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, with football, it's obviously you know the head injuries and stuff, things like, like that. that that they don't. There's kind of. I mm-hmm. think it's a lot of scared to play type thing, mm-hmm. and yeah, they just don't are, want to. They don't want to take that extra step and like, you know. Yeah, and no, and nobody. There's there's very few people that are doing more than just the practices at school or whatever mm-hmm. to get better and that's a huge thing if you really want to have a good like a good team mm-hmm. and that's just not there's a lot of that not happening right now but i think for sure that if we keep like keep it on those younger kids that here in the next few years hopefully the whole like morale changes at our school which i think it very well could so yeah i mean there's either to me it's like a lot of laziness yes. or People just don't want to, like, go out there and, like, just at least try because they're mm-hmm. scared to what, like, people will think about them. Yeah. Like, taking the risk in the mm-hmm. first place, yeah. just, like, kind of just tossing it out there mm-hmm. and see what happens. Right. Now, you guys are kind of in a unique position being at a small school. Um, if I'm not mistaken, your guys' middle school, everything is right all in one spot. Uh-huh. Our middle school so, is, yeah. Exactly. So, like, so you get to, you guys get to interact with those mm-hmm. kids on mm-hmm. a daily basis. They get to see you. Um, what, what is it like, you know, constantly having to be that role model, being able to show that? How is that for you guys? It's a bit different than having, you right. know, 1,100 kids mm-hmm. at a TC West <laughs> yeah. where you kind of yeah. can just kind of flow through. Mm-hmm. I'm sure all those kids know exactly who you guys are. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's actually nice. a lot of fun. Like, mm-hmm. I mentor in a, just a gym class for younger kids, and that's a good class for me to be in, too, because we always play a game or something like that, and I'm always talking to these kids it's it's actually a lot of fun to have them at the school just because like they get to look up to you and they mm-hmm. they are always like trying to better themselves in my opinion to be what you are one day mm-hmm. and something like that so it's pretty awesome to have them watching out like yeah, looking just, for you it helps out a lot because you know they have a role model to right. look up to and they just you know they can try and be that role model as much as they can mm-hmm. and it helps out a lot honestly yeah it's do you guys do you guys have role models that you still remember from when oh, you were yeah. kids? Yeah, sure. I remember a yeah. few. So for you know sure. exactly the type yeah. of impact that you could really have. Oh yeah. Who were those people that you looked up to when you were in high school, or when when, when they I were in high young, school and you were looking up to when you were young? I mean, my sister for sure, but just because she's accomplished so much in her life. But basketball player back Tyler Denike, I always used to watch him, and I don't know if he, he was pretty pretty. He'll a, know I pretty won't. Pretty awesome <laughs> basketball player, <laughs> and I 
enjoyed watching him, and I always and he. I mean, I text him to this day sometimes and talk to him, and he's a pretty awesome person, and I look up to him for sure. I got I started watching more basketball when I was in middle school, and that for me was like Justin Burke, mm-hmm. uh, Austin Vance. Right, They're, those were big guys for me. My mm-hmm. freshman year, Hollis Thomas, he was huge. Awesome, for me. yeah, yeah, it was awesome being around him. Yeah, he's like, a cool guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so as you wear glasses during a basketball game, do you do the do you do the well, strap on the back? Do you do contacts? No, I, I do you do, you do goggles? I, I, contacts. Yeah. Contacts. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my Robert, he Robert wears, goggles wears goggles during the game. Yeah. yeah, there's and there's a bunch of guys now that do yes, that too. There's it's like Frankfurt and Leland and I don't know if it was ever in or out. Right. I yeah. There's you find the few team like few times you'll see one here one yeah I bet it really has to be a preference thing yeah, right? a for sure I mean I know I think it's a comfort thing and yeah. there's some people I just know there's some people who just like feel odd without glasses on right I mean you've probably had glasses the oh, majority yeah. of your life yeah you you normally wear glasses is sports the only time that you wear contacts yeah sports the only time I wear contacts it's definitely it feels really weird without glasses right. on for sure yeah. I used to wear goggles my freshman year. Actually. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, so, but yeah, you prefer yeah, the contacts yeah. over the goggles. Yeah. I'm sure getting them knocked around with an elbow underneath <laughs> yeah. the basket or right. something yeah. isn't yeah. always the most fun. Yeah. Um, what would I'm you look, guys? We're looking around on the floor for a contact. Looking probably no like, better. Being like <laughs> Velma in the middle of a basketball game. I've actually th- that's happened on several occasions. Where I've seen contacts end up on basketball floors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah sure. Sure. Good luck. Well, what did, so what did they do? Um, Last week when you hit a thousand points um, oh. in the game against Crossroads, so I mean it was on the road, so yeah. I don't know how much they were able to do. But I'll get recognized when we go home again. But okay, they stopped the game for a, like a, about a minute, and I got just congratulated. And then after the game, I had a poster and I got the game ball for that. So that was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I mean, what's that? What's that mean to you having that type of career where you know you've had four years to kind of reach that point? But right. I mean, reaching a milestone like that doesn't happen for many people. I mean, it's pretty pretty awesome. It means a lot because I've just put a lot in it my entire life, and it like to see things starting to pay off and things like that. It's pretty awesome for sure. What if you guys were a coach? I mean, there's a few different type of defenses in offense. One, would you rather run man defense or zone defense? Man, for sure. Man, yeah. all the time. And it depends on the type team of players too. You have yeah, too. It and really the does. team you're playing for sure. But if you got some athletic guys and you know, man, for regular, sure. Yeah, definitely. Man. But if you're playing a team that can shoot the ball really well, you definitely are going to want to go man too because yeah. a zone, a two-three zone or something you're like that, you're going to get out, eight yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. Now, what about offense? What's your guys' uh, preferred offensive method? Obviously, both having being guards, having the ball in your hand. How do you guys like to let the game flow? Uh, um, a drive and kick offense yeah, I like a lot. Yeah, we like fast-paced, tempo. Kind of, we like to run the ball up and down the mm-hmm. court a lot instead of just setting up and taking our time, which is a good thing at, at times for sure, yeah, but running running the floor is Definitely our flows, like key. up, yeah, up-tempo, up drive and yeah. kick, shoot a lot of threes and stuff like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now, how do you? What would your guys' opinion be on of shot clock being implemented in high school basketball? I would I honestly would like, like it. it. Yeah. I mean, we're not gonna ever get it. Yeah. But for the future, I don't. I don't think it's a bad idea at all. Mm-hmm. Definitely would speed the game up a little bit. And you play certain teams that don't want to do anything with the ball and score thirty some points uh-huh. a game or something yeah. like that. Uh-huh. And that's their game and it works sometimes yeah. really so i mean and realistically it's smart of them mm-hmm. to do it if they don't have guys that can go crazy on so get an easy layup and mm-hmm. then play defense and you're mm-hmm. good and mm-hmm. waste three minutes at the one end of the court yeah literally one, yeah yeah uh the school has done a bunch of uh upgrades on some of the uh-huh. athletic facilities and stuff in the last couple of years, right? I mean, I know the mm-hmm. football fields got upgraded. Yeah. And a lot, you guys uh-huh. got a new, like, weight room. It's just finishing up, uh-huh. which we're going to yeah. get in there. The weights are coming in tomorrow, so that'll Ooh. be awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we got a new gym floor, too, which is awesome. Yeah. That's Everybody. what I was going to ask you about, because you guys used to have the rubber gym floor. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's so glad that's <laughs> yeah, At least so we got fun. one year yeah. of the wood floor now, yeah. so that's pretty awesome. Wait, do you think that had anything to do with the, the change in the tides for the season? Uh, have you guys even played at home yet? No, no, no not we even three first home games. games tomorrow. Yep. So that's got to be exciting. Yeah, ex- we're excited. We're excited to play yeah. on the wood floor for sure. Get our first game there. Uh-huh. And you guys got Pelston tomorrow, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What's the, what's the big difference between the the floors? 
I guess when you're playing, we played on it for so long. I never, yeah. I actually almost preferred playing on our court because <laughs> you're always there. Yeah. Just because, I mean, you're so used to something mm-hmm. like that. But now having a wood court, I guess the biggest difference, the ball feels a little bit different dribbling mm-hmm. it on a wood court differently a little bit than a rubber. I, mm-hmm. I don't really. A little more or less effort dribbling? I would say a little bit less. Yeah. On, the, on the wood, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's probably a little bit better to fall down on that court too, right? I yeah, mean, it'll still yeah. give you some oh, wood burn, but like the rubber, I remember playing the on the rubber. The rubber you can just slide. Oh it's yeah, like, it's and if you don't, sometimes if they forget to sweep it or something oh, like yeah. that. Oh dust. It's yeah, terrible. it's crazy yeah. sometimes. Yeah. We wanted to thank you guys so much for joining here uh, us here at the Get Around. Um, had a great time talking to you guys. Yeah, Learned quite sure. a bit thank about you. you guys over at Forest Area. Yeah, thank you so much for being the first people from Forest Area. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's Thanks cool. for having yeah, us. Of course, yeah, we first are first there. So, uh, yeah, have a great job, and good luck on your new home court, guys. Oh, hey, yes, thank, thank you. you. Another big thank you to Chase and Johnny for joining us here at the Get Around That interview sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City, Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's, Freaky Yeah. That's going to lead us into the Get Around Hall of Fame where we induct one more person into the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. we got three new candidates this week, basketball players all the way around. Boys basketball started last week. We had a few big performances and a couple milestones that we got to talk about, so let's get started. Harrison, who's first? Uh, I'm going to put up you guys' guest today, Chase Ingersoll. Uh, it's a shame we didn't get to see him do more damage in football this year, but he's already off to a pretty good start in basketball. A couple good scoring nights last week, 27 points on Tuesday. 19 on Friday, which, you know, compared to 27 isn't as impressive, but he went over 1,000 for his career. Uh, and obviously, as we mentioned, one of the greater athletes up here. So cool to see him get a, a monumental moment like that in basketball this year. So I'm putting up Chase, the face that runs the place, Ingersoll. <laughs> Uh, my, my nomination is going to be Buckley's Kyle Kazganowski. He had 28 points, 17 rebounds, and three blocks against Bear Lake last week. Uh, so obviously balled out in that game was just grabbing boards and slamming them down. I know Buckley's got some athletes this yeah, year. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're big getting back to where they were a couple of years ago, so we'll see uh, how they fare. James, who's your nomination? I'm going to put up Jaden Alford from Ancelona. Um, I know this isn't a loss to East Jordan, but we were talking – before the show that uh, East Jordan's looking pretty darn good this season. But uh, Alfred put up 31 points, 12 rebounds, and 4 assists in that loss. Um, he scored 31 of their 51 points. Nobody else scored more than 5. Putting the team on From East back. Jordan or Mancelona? From Mancelona. <laughs> From Mancelona. Uh, East Jordan's going to be pretty good, so that was, uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure that was a tough one. Let's put it up to a vote, gentlemen. We go on milestones, big games. Who wins? I'm gonna I'm gonna vote I'm gonna vote for my guy Kyle. Twenty eight seventeen. Hey, twenty eight seventeen's on some big numbers uh, against the Bear Lake team. Uh, like we said, Buckley's been getting getting back to their form that they were in a couple years back, and I think Kyle's gonna be a catalyst for that. I know we're gonna see a lot more big games out of Jaden, and I I know he put the team on his back, but it's hard for me to give it to him in a loss. I can agree yeah. with that logic, and unfortunately for Chase, in the voting process, he appears to have been our first entry for the fall season. So that hurts him a little more in the nomination here, knowing he's already been in once. He's already in the club. He is in the club. Yeah, he, he's two-timer. Which isn't impossible. To Brittany Bowman probably should have been nominated this week as well for that same logic. She was uh, perfect from the floor and field goal percentage on Friday night. Punch that ticket twice. So yeah. Five on, for five threes, five for five mention. twos, and two for two from the line. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and couple those together. Unfortunately, I can't make them winners together, but those would have been my nominations. Uh I'm still going to go with Jaden, though. That's that's pretty impressive stuff from a guy who's who's definitely going to be one of our players to watch in Northern Michigan this year. And, and coming off a loss, you know, obviously you want to win that game, but maybe that goes in deeper into the, the leadership conversation we have earlier, how, how Jaden does his best to get that team back to where they want to be. I, I think so, too. I'm going to vote for Jaden, too. I, I like The one thing I like about uh, the basketball season coming up this year that I'm really excited about is that we got a lot of dunkers. Yeah, some tall kids. Some we got a bunch of dunkers, flyers. you know, and you, that's not always the case up here. It's rarely uh, the case up here. You know, <laughs> and we, we got, I mean, we got Alfred can dunk, obviously Reese Hazelton can dunk. We got a bunch of guys on TC Central can dunk. Uh, East Jordan, Boyne City has some guys that can throw down. Yeah. Uh, Toski. Jane's so, one of the guys who has actually pulled it out in a game so far. I'm not sure how many of the guys have been able to. I know some coaches aren't very fond of kids trying to pull it out in high school. I think he's Jordan and Boyne already have had kids dunk, but I'm not 100% on that. 
still. Depends on the coach. Depends on who Hey, we all know our boy Blake Miller tried to throw the uh, dunk in the state finals. Came up just a bit short. But he is a lot taller this so, year than he was last year. So yeah. I have a feeling he, he, could, be, could, probably he could be dunk. in there. Yep. So, Jaden Alfred. That's what it sounds like, right? Two to one. Sorry, Jake. Well, hey, it's not sorry to me. It's congratulations to Jaden Alfred. Right. From Mansalona, you are the latest inductee into the Get Around Hall of Fame. The most exclusive club in Northern Michigan. So congratulations. That's sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. Speaking of Jimmy John's, we got to get one of our loyal listeners, our loyal Audible viewers fed. And that this week is going to be Dan Miller from Leland. Uh, interacted with our podcast last week. Was pretty excited about Olivia Lowe getting inducted into the Hall of Fame last week. Uh, so congratulations, Dan. We'll be in contact with you and we'll get those subs out to you and get you and your family fed. But... Fellas, let's talk about our top moments of the year. There's been a lot. There's been a lot of state finals runs. There's been some individual state titles. There's been team stuff. I just want to throw a couple moments out there from each one of us to kind of recap this year of the get-around, this year of sports in northern Michigan. I like to reminisce, don't you guys? Oh, of course. I mean, I've had a, I've, I think we've had a pretty good year. I think 2019 has been a really solid year for, I mean, me personally. I don't know about you guys, but I think the sports in northern Michigan were very well represented all the way across the board um, from January 1st to December 31st. Well, December 16th that we're recording this right now. But um, what were we'll some of your up. favorite moments? I, I'm, well, I mean, I think one of the things that a lot of people shared in was the, the Pittsburghers and their, their season this year. I mean, you know, with the new team, new league, new ownership, all that, and then they come out and win the league championship in their first year. Uh, there's a lot of excitement around that whole franchise. They're ha- then they're having a press conference tomorrow where they will name the uh, whoever is buying the sponsorship rights for the stadium. Ooh. So We could put a pool in for that, an office pool. So who do you think it's going to be? A year yeah. ago at this time, everybody, most everybody was hating on the pit spitter's name, probably myself included. Oh, no, a I don't think bit. we were all very... A- and now... Now that they've won, you don't really see a lot of people having a lot of issue with it. Now that they're winners, they'll they'll gladly be called the pit spitters and, yeah, and wear that merchandise. But I was going to bring up, uh, I think one of my f- favorite moments this year, and I know it was kind of like, it was kind of all typified by the Frankfurt-Leland game when Jack Stefanski hit that shot, but it was right around my birthday. Like, it was literally eight or nine games in a row were just cutthroat neck and neck, down to the buzzer. I think I saw it was literally like five or six buzzer beaters or shot games that were decided in the last 10 seconds. That got me really, really hype about just the quality of basketball that's going to happen this year because a lot of those people that we saw last year were young, um, were still underclassmen, and they're here now. And we're starting to see, and we've already talked about them a couple times on this podcast, you know, with those guys like Gavin Miller, J.J. Pop, they all kind of typified what it was like to kind of fight and battle against these teams up here with Frankfurt. And then Frankfurt made it all the way down to the D4 State Finals, um, won that semifinal game, which was just a grinded out, amazing type of game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, being down there for the State Finals, that was, you know, didn't go quite the way they wanted to, but just with the way that Dan Loney kind of lifted his guys up after the program kind of had a reset, I thought it was uh, a really cool, really good story. And, I mean, just... The end of the basketball season last year was just incredible, if you ask mm-hmm. me. Leland gave him another run this this year already. I mean, yeah. that was only a three-point game. I think it was John Kiesel was telling me that the last five times I think they've played Frankfurt, they've all been three-point games. Yeah, no, I'd circle that rematch on your calendar later in the year. I've, I've, it was circled now, but yeah, once again, that's going to be an exciting one. Do you have anything that really sticks out in your mind right now, Harrison? It's just going off... The year in general, obviously this team didn't win at all, but we, we see, usually we're lucky enough to see a few of the smaller schools make runs, if not appearances in state championship games every year in, in almost every sport. But it, it, soccer, it seems like it's pretty hard to do, and especially in, around all sports. It's really hard to do if you're one of our Division One, Division Two programs. So to see Traverse City West go from a team where we're like, well, they're going to be dominant in conference, but then have trouble winning their district again. Not only did they win the district, they took a pretty tough opponent in Okemos in the regional, got by them. No, they were the number one team. Not even pretty tough. Okemos was the number yeah, exactly, one team at exactly. that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously that was impressive enough. It had probably a season-defining victory on its own. James and I were in attendance for the semifinal when they did the rainout, the super soaker game against Novi that went to double overtime where it, you could it looked like one team had momentum, the other team, West pulled that win off, and they, were, they played tough with this team in the state finals going into overtime there, tied at one goal piece before uh, 
they let up a few goals in a row that really sealed that one up. But uh, West really, in, a, in years where we're usually wondering how far their tournament run is going to go, they got all the way to the finals and then some. And I think a couple bounces could have walked away with the state championship this year. So a thrilling season for Titan soccer. And just to show that, hey, the big schools are capable of making it to those state championship games as well. And, and that what seems like I, with West, um, you know what, they made the hockey semifinals. They're, they're still right up there. It may they not, made baseball it, semifinals exactly, a few a years, ago. years ago. It may not be, you know, a bunch of sports, but it seems like one sport every year kind of like pigeonholes that like opportunity to take a leap at a state title. The thing about the soccer team that I was really, it was really, we didn't expect that. If anything, I, we thought that the, the tennis team might be might be one that could kind of steal a state title this year, maybe have a shot at it. We didn't, at the beginning of the year, I don't think we thought that Traverse City West was going to be anywhere near that point, and the surprise was a really, really good one. I was going to bring that moment up if you did not. For, for two football teams from Leelanau County to make the state championship games, I mean, that's really cool for that county and those teams. They used to be mm-hmm. conference rivals in the Northwest Conference, and now they had a chance to cheer each other on in those Well, they couldn't really watch each other because of the schedules, but for Glenton Lake to make another run, Sutton's Bay to get up there after the Sutton's Bay teams we've seen the past few years in eight-man. Just another a great story of two communities that are really tight-knit, really close together, putting on such strong performances in football. And I mean, I want to bring it up. I mean, I'm sure you're going to kind of want to chat about this, too, because uh, you were kind of into it. But, we, you know, we, we talked about it with our guests today a little bit. But the whole Forest Area Glen Lake band thing, I mean, that picked up national attention. But if you really think about it, just the story itself is, is awesome. I think that, you know, just the ability. I mean, these schools are still, in, like, 45 minutes away from each other. It's not like it's a no-brainer where we're just going to do this. Like, this is, you know, this took a lot of effort and coordinating and planning and the ability to get these kids to have that opportunity I think was just really really cool I think it was picked up in a lot of places for the right reasons and I think that you know what Mark Madsen and Brian Mumby and what they were all able to do and give those kids a chance both ways to kind of mm-hmm. enhance and round out their experience I think that's one of the bigger and probably the best story of the year yeah, and I mean, the other ones that we have I mean you've got Bay Reps run to the Hockey State semifinals you've got Hunter Jones winning the state title in cross country as a freshman just bursting onto the scene. Um, you got all the volleyball teams that we had, three in the quarters, two in the semis, and one in the finals. And then uh, Elise Stuck committing to Michigan. I mean, you don't get that usually every day in the in the big sports, especially around here. Uh, you know, somebody going to play football, basketball at a school like University of Michigan. So, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, I know we're missing plenty of moments. We, don't, we obviously don't have all the time in the world to talk about everything on this podcast, but I wanted to make sure that we brought some of these up, uh, kind of rehashed them, because I think 2019 was a fantastic year, both for representation and just quality of... Uh, uh, sports and that we've had up in northern Michigan. And I'm calling it in 2020. Gaylord St. Mary is going to win a baseball semifinal. Put it down. It's happening. They're going to make it to the final? They're going to get okay. past that semifinal. They're going to make it to the state that's championship that's, that's game. That's the last hot take for uh, Harrison. They will get on the fifth attempt. They're getting it. All right. Brady Honor. <laughs> All righty. We have one more segment to go through today. You know what that is. It's the trifecta. I don't know. We can the elfecta? Yeah. We, we're going to talk about our... Christmas movies, underrated, overrated, which is which. I mean, I'm not gonna even gonna bring a couple TV. Or a couple well, we teased up. it last week, so how about I start? You go ahead, Harrison. What's uh, your most overrated? Everybody Christmas loves movie ever? the movie Elf, and I've seen Elf. It's a perfectly fine movie. It's funny. Will Ferrell's a funny guy. It's a cute holiday story. I would have never guessed it would be up there now with the iconic holiday movies of its time. And I understand why people hate Christmas Story. I do. I'm not defending Christmas Story as one of the best. I like it. But Elf, to me, it, I, I don't understand why it's it's entered this top shelf of holiday movies. It's funny, but it's not this... It's the, awesome. The quotes, to me, are don't not as iconic and hilarious I wore as, I wore my buddy the Elf costume on Friday. I get it. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It's a perfectly fine movie. I just don't understand how it's now considered... One of the best, if it, like many it's people, cult classic, many people, you know, no, it's past cult. It's I mean, mainstream, yeah. and everybody. Yeah. yeah, I could see it being a cult movie, but uh, you ask a ton of people, that's their favorite. And I, I guess I'm, maybe it's just I'm too old. Maybe that's it. But I, I don't get me. Also, I find Will Ferrell tad bit overrated as a movie. Oh, star, I don't know. They don't, they don't, one thing is that they don't make any new original Christmas movies really anymore. Nothing that hasn't already been done. That was an original story. That was something that somebody came up with. That was fun active you know i personally it's one of the most quotable christmas movies that well you can say it for 
a lot of Christmas movies. I guess that's my point. Quote, What's quote? What are your favorite quotes? I mean, I you don't ask me. I'm the wrong person. I dress up like Buddy the Elf. <laughs> so and you're the right like person. Him. That would make you the right person. That, that, okay, so like <laughs> thing I think about is he does the what's the four C's? Candy canes, candy eggs. Candy canes, candy corn. Mm. It's uh, something candy corn, and then it's candy corn again. He does. Yeah, candy a lot corn of people corn. love that one. And and candy Santa's coming. Yeah, Santa's coming. Oh, Santa's gonna be. It's a grown man excited about Santa. I don't. I don't find that. He's not just a grown man. See, to me, like Christmas Vacation and Home Alone, like that stuff knocks whatever's an elf out of the park. Well, Christmas Vacation, yeah. I mean, Elf. I, I love Elf, but Elf is not my favorite Christmas movie. Um, Christmas, but for a lot of people, it is. Yes, but Elf's a great movie. I don't think it's overrated by any means. I think it's. It's fantastic. Pro- I'm being a curmudgeon. It's yeah. my age again. I think Elf is a very good movie and a fun movie. But I you don't understand overrated. why it's you're one of the best. You're saying it's overrated. Yeah, I think I totally agree. Okay. <laughs> so it is an age. Not that it's, I'm not saying I it's horrible, but that it's. But I mean, it's I was in high school when I saw it, so it was probably like, I'm too old for this. I, th- I, mean, I thought that was the fun. It is that you're not too old for it. It's an old guy. He's who's an like angry elf. Child. That's supposed to be one of the funny lines with Peter Dinklage. Like, yeah. hit me one more. T- call me angry elf one more. T- like, it, di- it didn't hit with me like others. Oh, well. I mean, and you quote <laughs> movies like anything else. I don't know what other mo- what other Christmas movies do you quote? Ho ho ho! Like, I like the, mo- well, the, the Santa Grinch, Claus maybe? is a great movie. Christmas yeah, Vacation. Yeah, well, we're getting there. We're doing Christmas overrated. Vacation. Absolute classic. We're yes. doing overrated. Yes, thing. but overrated. Okay, I think a Christmas Story is the most overrated Christmas movie of all time. I can I literally don't even want to sit through it once. There's not an interesting part to it. I don't even think that there's a good. Well, like, can I explain why I like it? Well, well, hold on. Let me get through why I think it's overrated. Just like I let you get. Through I thought yours. you were. I thought you were done. No, no. But uh, the first of all, there's no there's no movie that needs to be played for 24 hours straight, especially if there's not a sequel. Like if you're playing like a three movie run for 24 hours straight, okay, that's just gonna overplay it in the first place, which puts it in front of everybody. But the whole leg lamp thing, everybody think it's really good. that is weird. I I, I, I find weird. it really really odd. Um, the whole, you're going to shoot your eye out, kid. Like, I just remember it going throughout, like, your whole, your whole childhood, this just running thing, like, oh, you get a BB gun, you're going to shoot your eye out. And it's just like, well, if anybody would have taught this kid, this kid the way to properly do this stuff, it wouldn't have happened. But anyways, I just, uh, I think it's a very, very overrated movie. Well, and again, it's an age thing because what Ralphie is supposed to be is someone like my dad in the 50s. Yeah. So like yeah. you can't. None of us can come close to thinking. And it's how mocking the parents as much as yeah, anything. Yeah. Back then, shooting your eye out was probably like a real scare, just like anything else that the people in the fifties had no idea what they <laughs> were really shaking his head about. Out. Yeah. No, no. It was one of those ridiculous, irrational fears. Yeah. Like we can't. Back, we can't relate. That people back then had. That's what I look at it you is know. when I watch that movie, I'm looking at Christmas's past, pun intended on Christmas Carol, like this is how it was for the baby boomer generation to, uh, you know, have these awkward things come in the mail that they were so excited about, or these Christmas toys were so here, or these radio giveaways that they thought would be so worth it in the mail, and then they'd listen to it and it'd suck for Drink More Oval Team, whatever that was. It's not <coughs> the best Christmas movie, but I just think it's... It puts in a lot of great things that remind you of why past generations would have liked Christmas and the holidays. And I think it's a good little time capsule for what the holidays were like. Yeah, and there's always those things that parents blow out of proportion and unrealistic things, you know, like, yeah. Like now, you can probably still find people on the internet who think that kids are eating Tide Pods all the time, and they think it's like a thing. And it's like, that never happened, really. Bars of soap, though? Those are okay. And licking a pole? I mean, who wasn't tempted to do that as a kid? Even nowadays, like... That was one of those things. That, that was like an initiation. Going to a Chinese restaurant on Christmas Day. Like, yes, it's not the best Christmas movie, but it has those little things that, like, create the most oddball Christmas situation. Maybe Christmas vacation intended, but... Yeah. I, I understand why people don't like it. I'm, I'm a fan. I relate to it. What's, okay, so what's our what's our most underrated Christmas movie? What's one well, that... James didn't share his overrated. Oh, okay, my bad. Underrated? Whatever. No, what's what's your overrated? overrated? Oh, I agreed with you on Elf. Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, so what's, what's, our, what's our most underrated Christmas movie? Do you want me to start a fight? Don't. I don't have time for this. <laughs> you know, I, you, why didn't I think of this? Actually? I don't have time. I don't have time to talk about Die Hard not being a Christmas movie. Yeah, well, you already brought up Home Alone. How is Die Hard not a home not a Christmas movie if Home Alone is? Um, home Alone, like Home Alone, they, like they trees. Yeah, no, like literally, the, there's not Santa. a single there's not a single thing inside of the McAllister house that isn't red and green. Like they literally make the entire yeah. house. I watched Christmas. the making of it last night. Yeah, it's Christmas. That's a Christmas. Movie. It's it's set during so then Die Hard. Starts at a Christmas party, ends on Christmas Day. Constant Christmas. I'm not saying we did this last year. Things okay. all the way through. That that's the most. That that whatever. 
the most underrated Christmas movie has to be Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I don't even think that's underrated, though. I think so. People, because people, people nowadays say they hate it. Go, which okay, which about, one? The old live, the stop oh, like motion, the old claymation. Yeah, yeah. The old claymation ones. Those are those were always my thing, always my jam back in the day. And I've had a lot of people tell me that they don't like those movies. Can you name all eight reindeer? Yeah, but I'm not gonna do it right now. <laughs> so should we say Asher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Donner, Cupid, Donner, Blitzen? You said Donner Rudolph. twice, I think. But no, Donald dancer. Trump, Donner, Blitzen, Dancer, um, Prancer. That was kind of a, a, a nod to what we watched a few weeks ago that I think is very underrated. Jingle All the Way. Yes. I mean, nobody really taught. That's a cult movie. Nobody yeah. really puts it on mainstream levels. And I'm not saying it maybe deserves to be mainstream level, but. Oh, it has Arnold Schwarzenegger. You're deserves building to be a movie level. around the fear of every parent every year is that the toy they're going to go for is gone. And you have to do whatever it takes to make your kid happy. I mean. Well, I mean, it's that's a little a, exacerbated a, in his situation. But then, and being mean, a terrible father and all. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> he wasn't there for the karate class. Don and Arnold. Um, I, I think that one. I'm actually surprised that one's not more fondly remembered. But oh well. You got any James? Being Arnold. Other than Die Hard. Yeah, other than Die Hard. Die Hard Two is on Christmas too. That's true. So that's very underrated because nobody remembers. Sure. <laughs> sure. I'm gonna cut you guys off before you guys get me. All I rate about Die Hard not being a Christmas movie. It's 2019. I do not want to go out on this podcast in a, in a heat fit of rage. This is our last episode of the year, so we're going to leave it on good terms. Please, everybody, enjoy your holidays with your families. Don't forget to listen to all 106 episodes of the Get Around while we're gone in for a the row. next. Yeah, while we're gone for the next two weeks, uh, remember to like, retweet, share, do all that good stuff so we can get you fed after we get back from the holidays. But. Uh, yeah, happy holidays, Merry Christmas from here, us here at the Record Eagle, us here at the Get Around. Enjoy and Star Wars. Yeah, enjoy Star Wars. Happy Star Wars Day on Thursday, and we will see you in 2020.